What is up, everybody? It is Lo, your host, and we finally have the full Vols ATV crew back with Brando, Alex, and Drew. And we know that we had a game last week, but we don't really give a shit about that right now because our volunteer football team is rated number one, number one in the college football playoff rankings. It is absolutely fucking mind-blowing. This whole season has been a whirlwind. And I wanted to go through the top ten real quick. And then I wanted to give a very interesting stat that I found. And then kind of hear y'all's takes on, obviously, us and the rest of the top ten. So, obviously, Tennessee, number one. Ohio State, number two. Georgia, number three. Clemson, four. Michigan, five. Alabama 6, TCU 7, Oregon 8, uh, USC 9, and LSU 10. Now, where we are standing, obviously we have a huge game this weekend, but where we're at right now, we hold a 61% chance to make the playoffs. And I found this stat that blew my mind, and I think it probably led a lot into the voters and why we were number one. But it also kind of shows a little bit, a favoritism towards Clemson over uh, TCU with this. So with the ESPN stats info strength of record metric, which that measures how likely it is that an average top 25 team would achieve the same record against that team's schedule. Tennessee at number one, 8-0, 8%. 8, 8%. So the average top 25 team would only have an 8% chance to go 8-0 and as we did. The next one behind that is Ohio State at 18% on their schedule. That's a 10% difference between 1 and 2. And then TCU actually sits at number 3 at 22%. And Clemson at number 4 at 28%. So I thought that was super interesting. That just shows really how hard and how shocking it is that we got to this point. And I just want to let you all kind of go around and tell me your thoughts about the whole top 10. Yeah, I mean, obviously the last few weeks we kind of had a thought that when the college football playoff rankings came around and it wouldn't be like the AP poll, the strength of schedule would come into factor. And, you know, Tennessee, they announced yesterday like the uh, the team there, the college football playoff team, they were saying they're like, the LSU win, the Bama win, um, LSU somehow making the top 10, that blew me away. That was one of my biggest takeaways. But that really does help us to be number one right now in the opening week. And then, obviously, the Bama game where we went out there and beat Bama. Uh, I knew Bama would kind of, you know, still be in the picture right there. And Bama definitely controls their own path. But I think the most shocking one to me was, like, how favored Clemson really is. Like, they're scheduled. Yeah, they've beaten three ranked teams, but they're all ACC teams who are, like, ours, not in the top 25 anymore. Um, to see, you know, the college football playoffs use our only LSU and Bama game, not, you know, Kentucky or uh, Florida and all that. That's kind of crazy. But to use their uh, their three Syracuse, Wake Forest, and NC State games, like that was just kind of shocking. I don't think they're really all that. Um, I don't even think Clemson believes they're all that. And Davo Sweeney would say that because they took out their starting quarterback and put a true freshman in, and Kate Klubnick, just to go out there and win a game. Like, and they didn't say, oh, yeah, DJ saw our starter. Like, that's – just crazy to me. Um, obviously, for us, though, number one, absolutely crazy. Couldn't believe it. It still doesn't feel real, like I asked y'all before the show. But, you know, we deserve this. Uh, the staff deserves this. And we definitely have the best resume. We're the best team in college football right now. 
All right, Alex, you yeah. go. Oh, you didn't want to go, Drew? I'll, I'll save the best for last. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, no, yeah, biggest biggest takeaways really is that, like like uh, Brando said, LSU sneaking back into the top ten. It's kind of wild after the uh, horrific start they had to the season falling to Florida State, but then kind of finding their way and then getting waxed by, I don't know, the number one ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, and then Oregon. Oregon back in at number eight after getting waxed by Georgia. They, uh, they've rattled off the last seven and uh, are still playing good football now. The a the AP and the CFP, they always going to find a way to put Southern Cal in there after doing nothing all season. <laughs> um, so they're sitting at number nine. But I think really going back to the top now, I think the reason that Clemson they put Clemson in it for is because, one, they couldn't put Bama, and, two, they didn't want to put Michigan because that would be two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. So – I, th- I think Clemson's there really just for shits and gigs, honestly. Um, I think I think Michigan, Bama, and TCU should all should all be moved up at least one spot and then drop Clemson somewhere because, like Brando also said, they haven't done anything. But I think this ranking's huge for us because now, in the event that we lose against Georgia, we probably fall to no less than five. Um, and I, I, I think five is still like worst case scenario, but that keeps us right in the hunt for the top four playoff spots. So, I mean, this record is huge. Yeah. Because like, obviously we love being number one and I think we've had a lot of success this season, but it also helps our chances going forward. Like you said, low with that 61% to make it in. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that we finally got some respect because we, uh, we've been like still still kind of denied all season every game it's like oh well they'll they'll find out this week they'll find out this week and we still keep proving people wrong so i hope i hope that trend continues the rest of the season but yeah you can't complain when you're number one i mean everybody catching us now oh yeah i mean i think we've always kind of known especially after the bama game that the ap poll doesn't it's irrelevant at this point we've all all were looking forward to the first college football playoff ball that came out yesterday i mean you had ap bolt like voters out there having us at five when we were undefeated and having a one loss Bama team at two. So like, you can't really take that for a grain of salt. Um, the one thing I do find surprising is I agree with y'all. LSU has no business being top 10. Now they're not a bad football team. They're a lot better than they were about a month ago when we kicked their teeth in, but um, they have no business being in the top 10. I mean, and I would make a disagreement with the Auburn thing. I mean, I think Auburn deserves to be in the top four because at the end of the day, we can dissect and say that, well, these teams that they play, like, you know, their ranked wins are not very good. They've still beaten three ranked top 25 opponents. I mean, did you say Auburn? Yeah, did you say Auburn? Brian Hartson. Dude, my brain's like after day from work. Uh, but yeah, no, Clemson, I agree with them being in the top four, and they're going to be number three regardless when they win the ACC. They still have three ranked top 25 wins. TCU, great story, unbelievable for a first year head coach with Sonny Dykes, but I just don't think they have improved anything yet. I mean, their best win is what? Kansas, maybe? Kansas State? Like, the back to quarterback, too. I mean, yeah. So. But regardless, though, Vols' first time in 24 years, number one team in the country. I don't think any of us even thought this was even a possibility a month ago, much less back on our pregame show in August. So just amazing. And the one thing that we can be very thankful for with Tennessee is that they control their own destiny. Just win each game, and you win Saturday, 
and it doesn't even matter what the hell happens in December in the SEC championship we're in. So that is so freaking true, and I'm not sure. Given the the Clemson TCU thing, when I go back and look at those strength of record, I guess that's the difference. You know, they got strength of schedule and strength of record. Record is up to this point. Uh, that's why I guess the rankings came out this way. However, I don't know. I I can see Clemson dropping the ball. Um, I put an upsets parlay in. I have not bet on Tennessee all year, and I'm not changing that now. But I included an, um, Notre Dame money line over Clemson in my upsets parlay. I could see it happening. I could see it happening for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact of the matter is, I mean, where we're sitting at right now is just unbelievable. Like you said, Drew, all we have to do is take care of our own and we are freaking golden. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable to think about that. And I mean, even in reflection to, you know, Dobbs and company, that's really all we had to do too, but that team couldn't get it done. This team can, and I really have, I have no reason to believe that they won't be able to, um, that's really, it's really just awesome. But I guess we do have to shift and at least cover somewhat of the Kentucky game. Um, it seems like it's so literally like last year because all of this rush and whirlwind of being number one has came in and just taken over everything. But we do have to cover it. I mean, holy shit, like we blew them out of the water. The game was literally over by halfway through the second quarter. Will Levis held for 98 yards, three interceptions, no touchdown passes, just an abysmal performance for what was supposed to be first-round draft pick. I mean, he lost millions, hundreds of thousands of that. Um, let's get everyone's takes on it. Yeah, I mean, like, the game was only close. Like, we went out there and scored on the first drive, uh, didn't do anything, you know, got the ball back the first drive. But then they got there and kicked and – uh Missed their extra point. And after that, like, they kind of just flopped on the floor, like, late into the second quarter. To Nico Slaughter puts a guy on a poster, Jawan Mitchell, with the pick. And I feel like right then and there, like, Kentucky bowed down. I feel like this was, like, a week where you can say, like, Tennessee is, like, jumping up in that, like, top level of the conference. Like, you got, you know, Kentucky, you know, they want to be elite, but they're more of a Missouri, South Carolina. And Tennessee's out here going with the big dogs in, like, Alabama and Georgia. And, you know, they've put them down. Will Levis – uh his worst game, and I don't know how long as a Wildcat, somehow still has a better QBR than Stetson Bennett, which is crazy to me. But uh, overall, just a huge team win. You know, to say our secondary would come up huge in a game like this after last year's game against Kentucky, where they just slowed down the game. We didn't give them a chance to slow down the game, and we talked about that a lot last week. We took full advantage and just, you know, stepped on them. And that came with a lot of help in our defense, just getting them off the field. Like, we took advantage of everything. And up until, like, the fourth quarter with Desmond Williams, like, returning the punt, like, the team was on fire. And it was crazy in there, like, from the start, whenever they played that little audio from Twitter. So that was, like, crazy. Uh, Nealon was rocking. And, like, we would, this team is insane. Like, what they're doing out here is insane. And, of course, like, to finish it off, you know, Jalen Hyatt, crazy. Like, that, always open 24-7 Waffle House. <laughs> Literally. That's, that's the one thing I, I can't understand is – if you're keying in on anybody for us right now, obviously it's Hook, but, I mean, everybody watches the quarterback. But, I mean, you know that there's one dude out there torching defenses and it's number 11, <laughs> and then they just go let him start the game a minute and a half in and get a touchdown. Like, that would be the last thing I would do if I was Kentucky. But, granted, I guess they don't play football that well. 
But speaking of Jalen Hyatt, I saw something interesting that Grant Ramey tweeted. Uh, so the SEC, here's how total touchdowns go for uh, receiving touchdowns. Tennessee has 25. Bama has 23. Mississippi State has 23. Ole Miss, 16. Arkey, 16. Kentucky, 15. Bandy, 15. Jalen Hyatt, 14. LSU, 13. Georgia, 13. A&M, 11. Florida, 8. South Carolina, 7. Mizzou and Auburn at 6. This man has outscored half of the SEC on his own, and Kentucky's like, I don't think I want to guard him. I mean, that's that's absolutely asinine. But, like, I don't know. The, I was a little bit nervous during that game at the, when it first started because we get off to our hot start like we normally do. Then Kentucky moves the ball down the field. But then there was – it was like first and goal or second and goal when uh, Levis tried to pull it and take it like a four-yard run in, and he got drilled. And I was like, I don't, I don't think he he knows what's happening yet. Like, I, I think it was at that moment I was like, this game might go different than a lot of people are expecting because I did kind of expect it to be a little bit closer. But I mean, he got rocked there, and then Chris Rodriguez scores a touchdown, and not really any of them celebrated too much. Like, I think I think they even kind of knew that the riding was on the wall early. But Slaughter played out of his mind. He had the big hit that caused the fumble, then goes and gets a pick later on in the second half. And I mean, our defense played lights out. Um, you really can't you can't say nothing else other than like it was just complete domination and then just God I love seeing them so upset. I love seeing them pissed off. I love seeing them grasp for straws of excuses of why they lost and and how we cheat and this, that, and the third. But and shout out, shout out to the to the men's basketball team showing them their rings. I thought that was tough. Just rub it in. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, I mean, I gave Kentucky way too much credit on uh, thinking that they're going to score twenty-eight points on us. I mean, my God, that was that was the perfect definition of an ass whipping, guys. I mean, my lord, that was that was one of the most beautiful things I've seen from a Tennessee football team in a very long time. And the crazier thing about it too is that in the third quarter, they had six yards of total offense. Six. Like that's not that's not a, that's not fake news. That's facts right there. Six total yards of offense in the third quarter. Six points the entire game. Least amount of points we've allowed since 2008 when back when Fulmer and Eric Berry were, you know, balling out for us. Um, I mean, we showed Will Levis that he was a fraud, punk, a clown. You know, he can go back to Lexington, the coal mines, drinking, you know, coffee of his mayonnaise, you know, like the disgusting freak that he is. And we just put them in their place of where they belong. Like, Tennessee is always going to be their daddy. I mean, like, and they need to accept that, and whether if it's football, basketball, or baseball, for that matter. So, it was awesome. I hate Kentucky with fiery passion, as you can tell. Uh, so, seeing us beat their brains in and, you know, having it be over by the end of the first quarter was just just gorgeous. I mean, that that was the best defensive performance I've ever seen from a Tennessee team, and at least last I mean, yeah, it really, it really was shocking. You know, everyone keeps bringing up our de- like overall defensive ranking, but when you factor this game in and you look at per play, it starts to look a hell of a lot different um, versus just overall rankings. Not to mention, I mean, three interceptions. I mean, we could have had more. Um, we could have scored sixty on them easily. I mean, literally, our offense didn't even play nearly as good as usual. Like, we could have throttled them like Akron-type scores if we wanted to. And, I mean, I just – I can't even get over it. Like, the whole scenario on Saturday, you know, 
it was literally like prepping for Halloween. You have Neyland at night, the championships, uh, the championship teams coming back. God, that was sick as hell. The flyover, everything was just incredible. That flyover was so sick. And so yeah, it was loud. Oh my gosh. It was so awesome. Like everything about it was just fully electric start to finish. And what cracks me up, I know this is going on to Georgia, but they were talking about their stadium being 110 at its loudest. And I saw it hit 116 sitting there against Kentucky in the second fucking quarter. So I don't even know what they're trying to compare here um, at all. But we obviously have the best stadium and environment in America at home. And really just all of our programs are just so incredible. I mean, you've had basketball, baseball, and now football all ranked in the number one at this point in these in just these few short seasons. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what has happened. Can we I mean, the crazy uh, Brando, you go ahead first. I, I was gonna say, like the crazy thing is like it's not just like you know the big three in the sports, like it's like underfunded sports and like non-funded sports too. Like all of Tennessee athletics is just out there going crazy, like to say the environment and everything from the the pregame scenes, the light show to the flyover with the Jets, like just absolutely crazy how they go all out and like it all goes back to you know the administration we have in total, like all the people that do the behind the scenes and stuff. But like just to see this team go out there and play at like their full potential, you know, Jalen McCullough out there hitting people on the field. And, you know, just great to see. Like, I feel like he had a crazy game, you know, to come back, like him and Cedric, they didn't, you know, have game-changing shifts, but it was really impressive to see them get back involved. Yeah, can we, like, talk about a little bit the fact that, like, Jalen Hyatt broke the school record for touchdowns in seven and a half fucking games? Like, how insane that sounds? I mean, literally. I mean, like, that's – it's unreal. And, like, the crazy thing about it is that he can, he's going to easily be able to get 20 touchdowns this year. Like, I really believe that. And it's going to be one of those records that's, like, going to be an unbreakable. Like, no one's going to be able to even be able to pull off another season like that, at least from us for a very long time. So I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Do you think that, like, if he reaches, like, with over, like, 15, 1,600 receiving yards, which he's well on his way, he'll probably easily cover that, and over 20 touchdowns, that he's there in New York in the Heisman ceremony? I mean, it's hard not to. I definitely think he's there. Like, I think he's there, but I don't know if he's, like, you know, like the the favorite, like, in the top three. But I think he's definitely there next to Hendon. Now that you said that, like, I'm imagining the drip in New York that these two are going to have. Like, bro, that's just crazy, man. That's hard to – you know, it's hard for me to fathom because we're used to just being – annihilated by all national media outlets and every voting poll and everything else. So it's really hard for me to imagine that two (laughs) players could be there from the same team. But if he pulled yards like that and stats like that, it would basically be undeniable and really um, a catastrophe if they didn't allow him there. I mean, it would be even worse if they didn't. And God, what a statement that would make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two finalists. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Uh, that would be, like, just an overall complete dream world. Um, I think it's possible. I just – I don't know if they're – I don't know. I'm undecided. I'm talking myself in and out of it as I speak. But, Dan, that'd be cool. The, I think I think the numbers are certainly there, like y'all have said. But I think it's just hard to – 
run two Heisman campaigns. You know, like, I mean, you if you credit the quarterback, then does the receiver get as much credit? And then if you credit the receiver, does the quarterback get as much credit? I feel like you just kind of have to put all your chips in on one. And obviously we're all sold on Hooker just for the year that he's had. Um, but does deserving? Absolutely. Plausible, kind of like y'all said, I don't know. But, I mean, I think he's far and away the leader for the Bletnikoff, and I think that's yeah, that's nice. his to lose at this point. But um, <laughs> how crazy would it be uh, after after all these years of never having a Heisman winner, we throw two up there, one the like the overall favorite who can definitely cement his Heisman candidacy like this weekend, and then a guy who is just who, like you said, has already broke the record at seven and a half games in, but who matched his like three year career total by like game five. Like yeah. he already surpassed all the numbers that he had put up combined by the fifth game this season. I mean, like we we a lot of us predicted him to be a breakout star. We have been. We know this is this has been in him since he arrived on campus. But I mean, even after all that we've ex- expected, he has blown all of those expectations out of the water and then some. Like it is incredible what he's doing. But I mean, gosh, it's fun. It's so fun to watch. I mean, I get that argument saying, like, you can't really have two Heisman campaigns, but, like, he leads the country in receiving touchdowns, and he has more receiving touchdowns than half of our fucking conference. I mean, like, as far as teams go. I mean, he's about to triple South Carolina, for God's sake. Like, you know, so, I mean, like, he can't I, – I Wait, Drew, wait. Yeah. You're, tell, you're telling me that Spencer Rattler, the, the God-given quarterback uh, of the yeah. offseason – can't find a way to get his receivers touchdowns. He's just a glorified Nathan Peterman that can run. That's all who he is. Uh, Man's a fraud. Nathan Peterman, a pit was better than him. Yeah, exactly. Nathan Peterman was better than Carolina Rattler. Uh, he, Rattler's trash. He's, I mean, he's probably in the same level as you know. I would say probably Garantano. Actually, you know, that's even being disrespectful towards Garantano because at least Garantano threw like a decent amount of touchdowns. It was just like the most inconvenient times. When you needed Sometimes him. other teams. So, yeah. <laughs> Rattler just can't even fuck Rattler's him. done that. No, Rattler's done that. <laughs> no, I, think, I think it's crazy to say, though, back on a Hyatt, that, like, before this season, like, last year Jalen Hyatt was a starter to start the season. Lost his job, kind of fell off, you know, got back in the weight room. He'll even tell you yourself that, like, he wasn't the best he could be. Comes back this year, has already, you know, tr- you know double, tripled his career numbers has more than half the conference. Like, it's absolutely crazy to say he'll be on that stage with Hooker. And he's definitely winning the, the wide receiver award. But it's just crazy, man. Like, that guy's story has been absolutely insane and couldn't happen to really a better person. Facts. We agree. One of our listeners just kind of agreed. Uh, Blevins underscore D said, wide receiver recruits. The only reason that you won't win a Heisman at UT is because your quarterback will. Good Honestly. Point. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I feel like they're I feel like they're their own biggest competition right now. Kids are taking yeah. notice of that. Like if you want to talk about elite wide receiver recruits, like Tennessee got a crystal ball for a five-star wide receiver, Ryan Wingo, the number two overall wide receiver in next year's class. That's absolutely crazy. Um, just to see like definitely the real deal, the probably the top prospect in the class. And like it's definitely in effect from what we're seeing all season. Like Tennessee going out there and putting it on the field like last year in 2023. That class right now, all these kids had their uh, minds made up. You know, it didn't really take us serious. But they're going out there and you're putting up 44 to six on Kentucky, treating them like Kentucky, sending them back to the coal mines, and like everyone's, you know, seeing that we're the real deal. We're gonna, gonna be on college game day for the third time this season. It's gonna be in Athens. Like 
Tennessee is the most watched team in college football and now the number one team in college football. So if you're if you're ever a recruit 2024, 2025, whatever for the future, and you're seeing Tennessee go crazy now, you've never seen it in your life because of your age, but now you're seeing them be the real deal, come to Tennessee. 100%. I, uh, I saw that Nico was there this past weekend and they gave, he gave like a pretty cool insight about how people are still trying to get him to switch and whatever. And he was like, I just come to Tennessee every moment I can. He makes the trip like literally across the country with his family. And he said that his dad like handles all of his DMs and inboxes, but that there's no way that he's leaving. He's 100% locked in here. And I just think that's awesome. And also he liked my tweet about us needing to celebrate uh, being number one and that everyone can kiss our asses. They need to shut the hell up and we deserve to celebrate it as we should because we've been waiting for this literally our entire lives. So it is to be celebrated. But yeah, in terms of just our offense and now that we've kind of exploded across all of national media, that's all everyone is talking about is who can anyone stop us literally at all. And a lot of people don't think so. And I, another interesting stat, um, it's Georgia versus top 10 ranked scoring offenses under Kirby Smart. In the past one, two, three, four, five, in the past eight years that they have played a top 10 ranked scoring offense, they've only won two of the eight matchups. So even though Kirby Smart is supposedly, you know, well, we know he is. He's a great coach and he's very good at defense. But even in those matchups under top 10 scoring offenses, they have come up severely short. And we are number one. We're not just like number eight, number nine, number seven. We're number one in scoring offense. So I don't know how this is going to play out, but I can certainly say that I could see us winning. Like there's no, there's a clear path to winning. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a similar stat, and it was like Tennessee or not Tennessee, but Georgia when giving up thirty points plus <laughs> on defense. Like it's like similar to that two and eight thing. Whenever they've given up less, it's like seventy eight and a single digit or something like that. So if Tennessee can go out there and execute their offense, that's you know if they got their score points, they're gonna win this game like just regardless. But last year, you know, looking at it, you know. Didn't have that much talent, you know, first year under Heupel, uh, Georgia's best defensive generation, to be honest. And they shut down the Heupel offense, to be honest. But now this year, reloaded, Heisman Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, team's fully healthy, going to be the most healthy we've been all season. Um, even Kirby Smart's talking about our splits and, you know, how we run the ball so well to set up the long balls. And I think that they definitely know uh, what's coming. I think we definitely have an advantage to go out there and take advantage. They, we saw what happened with Missouri. Kent State, um, their leading receiver, Brock Bowers, he's a tight end. They don't really dish it out to the wide receivers. And if our safeties can play huge in that game, that's going to be, like, tremendous. Uh, definitely a huge opportunity on the table. It's absolutely insane. And I wanted to get y'all's opinion. When we went out to Baton Rouge, that place was loud, and we stomped them in, right? Now they're a top-10 team ranked. LSU was loud. But does that – playing in away stadiums, does that hurt – their, their home defense. I've been seeing this take on Twitter. And when they're loud, right, and you play against an offense like that where you have to go and get set up, even Kirby, Kirby said today, the communication has to be key. You have to know who you're guarding in a split second. And uh, when the crowd is, you know, roaring and they're talking about how loud their crowd was earlier, 
if they want to be rowdy, I think we should let them go ahead and be rowdy because I think it might be a disadvantage for their defense. So allow Tennessee to go out there and score points because even Curry Smart said today that no matter what formation you're in, like they're going to be able to scheme with their splits. And I don't think they're going to be like, no one can defend this offense. Let's be honest. We're going to go out there and score points like we usually do. And if we score 30 plus, like the stats say, we're going to win that game. Oh my God. I don't know. But I mean, in terms of the Tennessee playing in a loud environment, obviously it's different, you know, for our defense when they're playing in a record breaking, you know, decibel record. But when our offense comes into play, we already utilize like a silent snap count most like a good amount of the time anyways. So they're just going to prep literally the same as I think they would for any other game and just, you know, the expectations are already there. It's clear in every interview, whether it's player or coach hype or even the assistant coaches, that it is a week-to-week basis. This is week this. This is week that. This is our opponent this week. And this is what we have to do. This is our plan. Let's, let's execute it. The noise, that doesn't matter. They have the plan. They, I'm sure that they have the right plan. All they have to do is go in and execute it, and they win this football game. Here's here's my thing is that, and somebody somebody brought this up in the uh, in the comments. Um, you, you know how just just literally three years ago we were talking about that 2019 LSU offense as one of the scariest offenses in maybe college football history. Well, they scored 48 points a game. We're averaging 49. They gave up 22 points a game. We give up 21. They averaged 7.9 yards a play. We averaged 7.4. They averaged 568 yards a game. We averaged 553. That's pretty damn crazy. My like, I, I knew we had a good offense. Obviously, we we've been constantly talking about it all season. But when you put when you show me that, and like we talk about how scary that offense is, this offense mortifies defensive coordinators. Like it actually keeps them up. <laughs> and I mean, it's we've seen. I think Bandit posted the that picture of like. The, the meme of all the coaches like jumping and screaming at, at hype because he's just tearing them boys apart and just laughing about it. I mean, like, if, again, I, I guess we always fall back on like, if there's every year that we were going to do it, it's going to be now. And even coming in as the number one team, we're, we're still like, we're, I don't think we're favorites still by, by Vegas standpoint. Are we, aren't we like minus eight and a half or minus something? nine or something? Yeah, we're eight point dollars. It's yeah. fluctuating between eight and eight and a half today. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, even even then, people are still doubting us, and I think that's a better spot to be. Like rankings aside, people doubting us. We we've shown that we come up to play every Saturday, and then like the rest of the season, the rest of the season, we'll talk about that when it gets here. But I mean, these boys are firing all on all cylinders. Our defense picked a great week to show out and show that they have the confidence to to stop a quarterback, to stop apparently a high powered offense, an NFL offense, or whatever. So I mean, they're they're hitting on all cylinders now. So I mean, like, shit. I don't I don't know. Like I mean, we just gonna walk in there and we are gonna do something. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never point more that confident out. than I've never I've never been I've never been more like anxious just to see how this game plays out. But like, I don't know. Just excited because I know that like we we finna go to war on Saturday. That's all. Yeah. I want yeah. I was gonna say I wanted to I wanted to point that out like. Just the fact that like the uh, the photo and all the stuff of the coaches and like stuff, the video I said last week on the show with pick six, like I wanted to see Mark Stoops added to the collection and we sure saw it this week. I went back and watched it on TV after being there and seeing him rage was absolutely crazy. Like 
these coaches that, you know, have these defenses, Kentucky, you know, talking about being a top 20 defense or whatnot, getting exposed and then just raging after the fact was crazy. And, like, the similarities between us and LSU, like the transfer quarterback, we have Heisman Hooker, uh, Josh Heupel, our offensive mastermind, they had Joe Brady. Like, it's definitely there. But just overall, but, Drew? Yeah, I mean, I know, Alex, you said that you're, like, anxious about this game on Saturday. Honestly, I'm confident. Like, I'm actually confident that we can win this game fairly easily. And the reason so is, like, I know, like, statistically, it looks like Georgia has this big, scary defense. And don't get me wrong, they have a very good defense, and I think it'll probably be the best defense we'll face all year. But they're not, like, I mean, they're not, like, the steel curtain, like, the 70 Steelers or anything like that. Like, if you really dissect, like, these offenses that they play, I was breaking it down today. So they've played seven FBS opponents this year, right? They played Sanford, which is, you know, Division two, so it doesn't really can't really count them as far as the uh, stats go. But as far as the offense go, they played Oregon, who's ranked third, and I think we can all agree that very first game of the season, Oregon's a way completely different team than they were back in September. They played South Carolina, who's ranked 99th in total offense. Kent State, who's 39th, Missouri, who's 87th, Auburn, who's 74th, Vanderbilt, who's 108th, and Florida, 46th. That comes up to an average of 65th. So every team they're playing has, a, they're scoring maybe 24, 25 points a game. This offense is going to put like put them in shock because they're fast-paced, they don't stop, they always get four or five yards to carry. And I think one of the things that we get more disrespected about our offense more than anything else is our running game. I mean, we average nearly 200 yards a game in rushing. And it's and we run the ball over 50% of the time as well. And, like, no one talks about that. Everyone thinks that we have this, like, air raid offense when in reality, most of our offensive plays are running the ball. And the one stat that I thought was more surprising than anything else, Georgia is last in the SEC – with team sacks this year, with only 10. And just lost their starting edge and rusher, who led them in sacks. Nolan, yeah, Nolan Smith, who contributed yeah. 30%. Also with Nolan Smith, interesting fact with him being out. So with him playing, they um, held teams to like an average. It was under two yards uh, rushing per play. And with him out, like with him not playing, it's an average of four like I wanted to say, they said it was 4.4, 4.6 yards per play. That's a massive, massive. Yeah, that means we're going to feast. <laughs> we're going to feast. I mean, Jabari Small and Jalen Wright are licking their lips. Like if Jalen Wright did the Gator Chomp against Florida, what's he going to do in, in Athens against the dog? I mean, oh, yeah. He ran like a madman too. And the thing is as well, it's like, you know, unless they have four first-round draft picks over there in the secondary – they're not going to stop our wideouts. You could try to double team, you know, Jalen Hyatt, but then you just leave Cedric and, you know, and Brew out there wide open. And, like, there's no we're, – we're four or five guys deep that, like, could easily be starters anywhere else in the country. Don't and, forget Ramel now. Like, hey. I don't think anyone can stop us. I really don't. Ramel out Bro, there. Can we point out how good Princeton Fant has been in this offense? I wanted to let that be known. That man is Bro. tied end, quarterback, halfback, no matter what it is. My man is out here thriving, and that guy is making himself a lot of money. Like, Bats. that's just absolutely crazy. But there's just no way that a healthy Cedric Tillman, who set out the, the second half of Kentucky because we didn't need him because Kentucky was just awful, like, he's going to be fully healthy, ready to go, got the rust off him. 
you know, if Georgia has the balls to leave Cedric Tillman one-on-one, let it happen because I promise you Cedric Tillman's going to not only like recreate the Juwan performance, but this, it won't even be close for how Mary is needed. Like Tennessee will go out here and put up points and blow this team out. Like we did LSU. Like it's very well possible. There's so many scenarios that could happen. Like I could definitely see an overtime game. Wouldn't be surprised if either team got, you know, stomped, but it's, I think it's going to come down. The point I wanted to point out is the red zone. Uh, I was watching last year's game, right? 0 for 5 on drives in the red zone. Tennessee this year in the red zone on offense, 100%. They score every single time. And if you go out there. That's crazy. That's so you crazy. go out there and score points, go out there and run your offense, score your points. Um, I'm like, we're going to go out there and win this ball game. Like, it's not even going to happen. What is play, play our game, play our game, play how we play, and no one's stopping us. You just can't, you can't stop this this offense. That's incredible. I love that you uh, talked about um, Tillman. Did you guys see that tweet I shared when they asked him about his injury? I oh, freaking yeah. <laughs> I had like, to make sure that was a real quote. I was like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, that's so freaking legendary. For those who didn't see it. Um, they asked him how he was feeling, like, you know, after injury, and he said he felt good. And they said on a scale of 1 to 100, he said feels like 98. What a champion. I freaking love that. Um, let's see. One of our listeners says, Jonathan Crompton always says that if we run for 150 yards plus, we will win against literally anyone. Well, that's um, the thing, though. Yeah. This running back – room is not getting enough credit as it is like they're averaging like what 250 yards rushing per game uh you know we rush have running plays we run running plays 57 percent of the time over our offensive passing plays so you know to say that we you know we survive off the air game arguably it's Jalen Wright and Jabari Small opening up this offense because when we go wide you don't know if you're getting a long ball that's going to go to Jalen Hyatt wide open or if Jabari Small is about to gas you for 30 yards and that's what even you know smart like you said earlier it's so hard to read this offense and I definitely think they have a challenge. It's going to be our biggest challenge, obviously, just from a talent differential. But with them being out without their starting edge, uh, Amarius Mittens also rumored to be banged up on their offensive line and their star receiver who had like two touchdowns in last year's game against Bama, uh, the one that almost came here, but Pruitt wouldn't take him because he had diabetes. Can't think of his name right now. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's questionable to play. And um, so just a lot of, you know, banged up guys. If, if Georgia wants to exploit us, Teams have been able to do it with our, our DBs and our safeties, but I think our safeties, if they're going to, you know, target the tight end, that kind of helps us in a stance because just our corners. But we're going to be the most healthy we've been. And, you know, this defense, even Heupel said in his interview after the college football playoff, uh, they were asking him, your defense is not as exciting as your offense, but his answer was it will be. And I think we're just, you know, seeing the scratch of the surface. If Tennessee wants to go out there and, you know, compete and have their goal in mind, we're going to see that defense come alive this weekend. No, I'm, I'm glad y'all you brought up the the Russian attack because, um, gosh, oh, like it, again in the Kentucky game, I think it was like our second or third drive. There was one series we we had 15 plays, two passes, 13 rushes, ended in a Russian touchdown. And I saw somebody tweet it was like we were just doing it just for shits and gigs because like they couldn't stop it. Like we were getting like four, five, six, seven yards that just that series alone. And like you said, like when small small starts and he gets it going but then there's no drop off when Jalen Wright comes in. Jalen Wright was running like an absolute animal last last game. He had that one where he hurdled the dude about tripped and picked it up and ran for 40 more. Mm -hmm. Like that was that was great and then like 
even if one of them's having an off game, which most of the time they're both clicking, but when one of them has a bad game, it seems like the other one's always there to pick up the production and keep that shit moving. And then you still got Dylan Sampson, who's just like waiting, uh, waiting on third string, like waiting on his time to shine. Like, like you said, like obviously Hooker and the receivers are getting such credit, but it's like with our offense, it's so well-rounded and talented that you're like, but wait, look at this. But wait, look at this. Offensive line looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like, we thought they would like maybe underperform this year because we lost, but it's like, it's like you could look at every position. Princeton fan tied in, doing all the stuff that he's doing. I mean, he's going crazy going in the power eye lining up as a fullback. Like, this shit's incredible. I don't know that we've ever seen anything like this. Like, it's just awesome. You can look at every part of our football team right now and say, like, this is moving like a well-old machine, and it is coming It is coming to dang Athens, and it's going to steamroll them. Like, that's, that's all it is. It's think, 100% true. Sorry, I got one more thing to say. I'm getting excited. But, like, that, like, I don't think we've ever had a time where it's like, oh, if we just play our game. Like, it's always been, oh, if – Georgia has a bad day. We might have a chance. Oh, Bama has a bad day. If 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 Saban coaches bad, we maybe will be within two touchdowns. We might make it interesting. No, it's if Tennessee plays their game and shows up on Saturday, we win. Period. Point blank. If Tennessee wins on Saturday, we take care of our season. We we direct our whole entire path the rest of the way. We make the playoff because of what we did, not because somebody had a bad day. They didn't show up to work that day. No, it's because we did. We kicked their hind in and we took their money. So, I mean, that's that. I don't know. We, we've never been in this spot. I'm excited. Go it's, ball. It's so true to be that excited. And you want to look at how well-balanced, like, the offense is as a whole. I like to take it back to that 15-play drive against Kentucky where I don't even know how long it was, but 15 plays is unheard of for us on offense. We do whatever the hell we want. That, I think, was just to change the pace, show the guys on offense exactly how we control we control however however the hell we want to play the ball game we want to drive down and get a game-winning field goal in 15 fucking seconds against alabama we can do that if we want to have a 15 play insanely sustained balanced drive we can do that um and i really think that everyone is probably focusing on our wideouts and I'm sure Kirby Smart has a plan, but I think Heupel has a bigger plan. It's if we execute, if we execute on offense, we win this football game. It doesn't even matter. I think our defense can probably also come up with one or two stops and even force some turnovers. But if our offense just executes from start to finish, I see no reason how we don't win the football game. If we if we just play our own style of football and make Georgia try to play the way that we play, there is zero fucking chance that they will beat us on Saturday. Because no one's going to outscore us. No one's going to stop us. Literally the only way we will lose this game is if they find a way to stop him and Hooker. And quite honestly, I don't think they can do it. I really don't. I agree. Also, to this point, nobody has. I mean, one one pick on the season – and it was it was too like to Bama. Okay, everybody expects to get like at least one turnover against Bama. But like what four picks in two seasons? But it's been like fifty plus touchdowns. This man's incredible. Like he's already cemented himself as a Rocky Top legend. He gets the Heisman. He might be like one of the greatest of all time. Like That's I mean, he, he really done it for it. I would honestly, if he wins the Heisman, because someone put out a stat like last week about Peyton's stats, like in nice senior year, he threw for over. 3,819 yards and 39 touchdowns on 477 passing attempts. 
Hooker's on pace to go for 3,887 yards, 39 total touchdowns on 360 passing attempts. 100 less, yeah, I've seen that. I'm just going to tell you this right now. If the Heisman, he, in my eyes, is the greatest quarterback to ever play Tennessee. And I don't think you could disagree with it. He might be top five player all time. Like player, not even quarterback. One million percent. Because, I mean, he he had already achieved something that Peyton never did, which was beat Florida, win the Heisman, beat Bama, talking about beating Georgia on the road, putting Tennessee at number one in the country, and then giving us a chance at the national championship. I mean, you you can't argue with Good God. It's hard Mm -hmm. to just summarize all of that and believe that, that that's actually happened. Yeah, we've seen we've seen it all year with these coaches talking about putting their feet in the ground and going out there and playing fast ball. Uh, this week, you know, I'm kind of hearing the same thing from Kirby, how he's glorifying this offense. I just don't think they're going to be able to defend it. I think that no matter what, uh, if we do slow it down, how Hendon and Hypo together have, you know, picked apart defenses, just reading their coverage in, you know, huge game situations, they're going to go out there and execute in those big plays, and that's probably going to be the difference maker because I definitely expect Georgia to be able to score some points. But I think, you know, this is going to be another week where Heifel goes in there, you know, with less than 30 players on his roster, you know, a team that went three and seven two years ago and is now the number one team in the country. And he's going to go out there with this offense and just out-coach Kirby. Like, he's done it to every single coach. Uh, you know, Billy Napier, um, LSU, now uh, Mark Stoops, Nick Saban. Like, it's just, you know, he's going to go out there and get it done. I think definitely when it lines up to it, he's going to have a game plan to go out there and score if it's – Tennessee, if they go out there and score on their first two drives, like they have, you know, all year, like Georgia's not keeping up. Their leading receiver is Brock Bowers. And, yeah, he's a generational talent. But when your leading receiver is your tight end, two of your tight ends are your top leading receivers, that's kind of saying something about your offense. And I think our safeties just outmatch our corners there, and that's going to be the difference. I'm glad you mentioned their offense because I think this will be a really surprise to all three of y'all, the fact that Georgia's number two in the country in points per game. They average 41.7 points a game, right? Which you would think from on paper, on that perspective, that they're in the same level as Tennessee. But if you really break down on, like, the defenses that they played, I, they've literally played one different defense the entire season that is ranked in the top 50, and that's Missouri. Oh, which my God. I, I'm serious. I mean, Missouri four, made it interesting. Missouri held on to 29. South Carolina 51st. Kent State had is 118th. Missouri's 19th, Auburn's 94th, Vanderbilt's 123rd, and Florida's 117th. You want to know how many defenses the Tennessee's played in the top 50 this year? Four. Half of our wins are against defenses that are in the top 50. With Pitt, with uh, LSU, Alabama, and surprisingly, Kentucky's top 20, as far as that seems to believe. That's insane. Like, so when you break it down, like, yeah, they average 41 points a game, and you may think, like, oh, this is going to be, like, a shootout. But, dude, they haven't fucking played anyone. I mean, their schedule's been a joke. I mean, it, they have one ranked win the entire year. So, I I really think – I don't think they're going to keep up. And I think it's one of those things that, honestly, if we make a couple stops early in the first quarter and, you know, we start off on you could easily see us be up by 21 at halftime. I really believe that. Well, we were – I mean, that was the same way with Alabama. I mean, we came out freaking scorching hot. We almost had 28 there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean – when Milton came out to throw that Hail Mary right before halftime, the ball was in his hands, like in the end. Yeah. So, what the hell? Like, you know, the whole country was like, what are we watching? But you knew then 
that like Bama was going to make some sort of comeback. This Georgia team, they don't have a Bryce Young at at all. I mean, Stetson and Bryce Young are not even remotely in the same freaking ballpark here. And so with that being said, I think that we could really set the tone by halftime. I mean, you could literally – I could see us easily scoring anywhere between 14 to 21 points in the first half potentially more, but 14 to 21 sounds reasonable. Do you honestly think that George is going to come back and answer us with every score? I don't. No shot, no. I mean, I'll, go ahead. I was going to I also don't expect, though, for uh, Georgia to come out there and, like, make mistakes like LSU did, fumbling the first kickoff and just being flat from the start. Like, I definitely think our defense will have to be on the field to get the stop, but I still don't think, you know – our defense has been much improved. You know, pick six pointed out last week. When you look at, you know, per player, per drive, Tennessee's defense is way better than it is, you know, in the stat sheet just because of how long they're on the field. If they go out there and they execute and you get up, you know, two or three scores, like you said, there's just – there's no way I can see them coming back. You know, yeah, it's their own stadium, but that might literally be a disadvantage for them at this point. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we're literally almost at 50 minutes, so I feel like we should dive into – I mean, we kind of already did in terms of scoring. I guess let's go around. I got to get. I want to get how many points everyone thinks that Tennessee has to has to score to win this football game, and then we'll go around after that and get final score predictions. I guess after the, you know the stat earlier, I think you know that thirty plus margin. That's a, a safe bet as long as they can go out there and execute on defense. But I would say just to be safe, like you know thirty eight or to 41, I'm going to go with 38. I think if you can go out there and hold them in defense plays like they played last week, that there's, you know, a way that ends up like a 38-31 game, 38-35. But uh, definitely go out there and just – there's no way they hold us under 30. Like, it's been so many so many weeks since the team's held Heifel's offense under 30 points. It's just – I don't see it happening this week. Yeah, honestly, when when Brando was going, he was like, ah, like like at least thirty. I'm like, okay, but it's got to be a little bit more than that. And he'd say thirty eight. I was like, all right, I'm sitting at forty two. Um, but anywhere from that like thirty eight to forty five range is kind of where I would feel most comfortable. Obviously, more is best, but to to feel like without a doubt we win, I I think forty two. I'm gonna say at least thirty five. Um, just because I just I have zero faith in their offense. I know their offense is good, it's decent, but this defense has made a, such a huge turnaround in the last two weeks, especially since that Bama performance. And as Brando mentioned, this is the healthiest that we have been the entire year. And I think the fact of having Jay McCullough back as well and Tanika is playing out of his mind right now, and along with you know Jerry Banks and Jawan Mitchell, I think if we score at least thirty-five points, which I think we'll honestly probably wind up maybe doing by halftime. Um, but I think regardless, of, you know, at least 35 guaranteed win at that point. Okay. I like it. And I know, like you said, with that 30 plus stat, it's interesting. Alex said 42. I was certainly thinking anywhere between 40 to 42. Um, just because I feel like we need a little bit of extra padding. You mentioned that they've been able to score, you know, I know they're against really trash defenses, but I'm trying to account for some slip-ups on our defensive end as well. Um, Just because I don't think – I think if our offense plays a perfect game, then we win regardless of our defense. 
right? I mean, but I think our defense may have a slip up or two, not play quite as nearly as good as we did against Kentucky. They may blow my mind, but I'm thinking that has to be pushed a little bit higher into the 40 to 42 range to really secure it. Um, so let's get, let's go to score prediction time. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, I've been seeing all the chase slander about like if you know that you know kick didn't get blocked, uh, we would you know not kick that field goal against Bama and made it. Uh, you know it hasn't been hot the last two weeks. I said it just a few seconds ago. 38-35, Chase McGrath leads you know career history and field goal percentage. I think he goes out there matches his Rose Bowl and Bama kick. This one a clean kick. Tennessee wins the game. 38-35. Balls offense goes out there and gets it done. I'm going to go 42-34, and I have no other reasoning other than that's the score that popped into my head. Um, but I think I think our offense keeps it running. And, Lo, like you said, we we do run that that defensive style of bend but don't break. There's going to be a couple times we break against this team. Their their offense is solid. Like, we're, we're not here saying that they're trash and that they'll never score against us and our defense is, like, still curtain, like I've been saying. But, I mean – like we've been saying over and over every week on a Wednesday night, nobody has slowed this offense down. And I see this train keeping on going. So 42-34. I think the balls are going to start off early. At least first three possessions wind up in touchdowns for us. Now I do think there's going to be a little bit of a slow period near the end of the second quarter, and they'll be able to come back. But I think Hennon Hooker is going to have his Heisman moment over 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing TD. And I think we're going to, you know, finally beat Georgia 45-35. Oh, my God, I love it. Uh, it's so weird. Alex and I are, like, completely on the same page. So you're saying that they had they that Tennessee will score, like, a touchdown every drive. I threw – I switched it up and put in two field goals. So I have it at 41-34 which would be make for an incre incredibly interesting game. That could be like a late touchdown to win it, like um, where we're all just kind of in a little standoff between field goals or something, and then Heifel just draws some crazy shit up for the winning touchdown. I could literally see that just all over this game. I'll go absolutely ballistic. Um, so I'm saying I'm sticking with that, 41-34. Still pretty close. We have no idea what's going to happen, but I don't feel nervous at all because the fact of the matter is Georgia actually has more to lose in this game than we do. Mm -hmm. I that, agree. That is the way it is. I've hold, I've heard multiple media outlets say that they have their the rest of their schedule is basically shit. Like in terms of playoff rankings, like they have so much to lose right now, and we're just kind of sitting here like. Yeah, we earned this. We play our strength schedule has been insane. We have showed up. No one expected us to. Here we are. We're going to show up here in Athens, and we'll just see what happens. So people are literally, literally referencing this as the game of the decade. I mean, it's literally the first time that, like, the number one AP has played the number one college football playoff rank at the same time. It's absolutely insane. So I hope it plays out to be – the game of the decade, but it'll be the decade of the balls. Yeah. Did you nice. see? Did you see that? I forget where it went. 
how uh, crazy the ticket prices are this week. They were saying like this is the most expensive college football game this year. It's six hundred and eighty eight dollars to get in. And then like the highest one was listed at like five K. Oh my half K. Like I, I swear I think it was like uh fifty six hundred. Like people people are dying to watch this game. And people can make a fortune off this game. That's how big it is. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's crazy to see us. That is insane. I'm so lucky with with what I got my tickets at. Oh my God. I cannot wait. Wait to be there. I cannot wait. Like Friday cannot come any sooner for me. I guess for me to close it with my statement, uh, a Bluetooth account will be your best friend. Uga is just a, you know, a terrible crossbreed connection creation and just terrible. It shouldn't be a dog, but uh, I'm definitely taking the balls. Uh, Ball Nation, don't let anyone take this week away from you. You're the number one team. We're the number one team. Uh, we're going to go out there. We expect to win on Saturday, as we should. It's been a long time since we said we could say that. But this offense, this team, the buy-in, everything that's going, you know, building up, it's going to be hard to stop this. Uh, to go into a defending national championships home and beat them on their own field will be something we probably haven't done in decades on decades. I can't imagine probably, you know, the last time we beat the number one team at home was like Auburn in 1995, I believe. And I wasn't even born then. So let's go out there, take care of business, uh, Vol Nation, you know, Swarm Athens, and let's go out there and get this W. Uh, there's going to be people barking at people. Somehow they think it's okay to be human beings and bark at human beings, but uh, I think I'm taking the balls, man. Hey, last thing I got to say is uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody, or I guess not somebody, but a bunch of my friends down here have always asked me, like, dang, like, did you, like, can you believe what's going on? And I'm honestly like, no, I can't. I've, I've quite literally never seen this in my lifetime. I think the, the most wins I've seen that I like consciously remember were the two non-win seasons back in 15 and 16. And I really thought it didn't get any better than that. Like I thought that I thought that we were hitting our head on the ceiling. I promise. <laughs> I was like, I was like, holy shit. Like, what do we do? We, we, we got to, uh, to eight regular season wins. Now we, now we can go for nine. Like we almost got 10. And now look at us. We we're nine weeks into the season with a bye week, and we're we're already hitting eight. I mean, like this is incredible. We should absolutely be celebrating what we've done, even though like, or however, whatever you say. Kobe Bryant said it best: "Job's not finished." But I mean, like, take a second, appreciate what's going on. This doesn't happen often. It hasn't happened in the last twenty-five years, that's for certain. So we might as well just enjoy enjoy what we got going on. Same thing with the basketball team. Same thing with the baseball team. Like, live in this moment, appreciate it. But God, I hope it doesn't end. I'm I'm ready for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, degree of Brando. Regardless of what happens on Saturday, let's don't take away from the fact that we are the number one team in the country. And even it might be for a week, this is something that none of us have seen in our lifetime. It is an unbelievable season. It's going to go down as one of the best seasons in Tennessee football history. Regardless of what happens on Saturday, and you know. Sure, we're playing defending national champs, eight and a half point dogs. A lot of you know people don't think that Vegas doesn't think we have a shot. A lot of people are doubting us, especially SEC pundits and Georgia fans too. But you know what? As Jock Peterson said for the Braves last year, we might be those motherfuckers. All right, so we might be those motherfuckers that beat get this up and solidify our status. <laughs> oh no. 
Oh my God. I don't know how to follow that up. I do have to put <laughs> this out there for anyone who's going to Athens. You, this is an Athens UT alumni tailgate, literally on campus in the parking lot, uh, like outside of Sanford Stadium. So it starts from 12 to 3. All balls are welcome. Um, they've got, it's BYOB, obviously. There'll probably be a shit ton of people there. So don't expect to get free drinks. Bring your own stuff. Um, they do have food there, but I think it was prepay. So basically, it's just a all-vol social club at UGA campus, which I can't think of anything more fun to go to, um, especially, you know, if you want to avoid getting barked at prior to game time, I would say surround yourself in a sea of orange. Um, as far as this, literally don't listen to what anyone says about, oh, it's going to feel nice for those four days. Who gives a shit? These are going to be the best four days ever, being ranked number one if that's what happens. And we all need to continue to celebrate it, suck it in, everything, just take it all in. This is everything that we have been waiting for. This is what we do this show for. This is why I watch college football. This is why every other sport fucking sucks right now. I can't even stand to watch the NFL. I don't care about the World Series. This is it. So show up. If you're wearing orange, just be loud. Be there to support this team no matter what happens, even if things don't go our way, but I think they will. And it's going to be a great time on Saturday. And we are right where we want to be. We have everything going for us. This is everything we've hoped for. So let's just freaking enjoy it. Um, I think that ends it for all of us. But until next time, good night and go balls. We might not go balls. Bro. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>